0: Monday, February 8th, 10.30 here in Hawaii, which means it's time for Spotlight Hawaii. I'm Ryan Suji, joined by Yanji Denise. We thank you, all of you, for tuning in this morning and being a part of our conversation. Uh, a conversation this morning, Yanji, that will take us right back to the state capitol.
1: That's right. We are lucky enough to have Governor David Ige joining us this morning. We've got a lot to talk about on this Monday. Uh, we want to start off. Good morning, Governor. Thank you for being here. Um We want to start off with the news that uh, broke on Friday and over the weekend about the prevalence of variants in our community or the presence rather. Um, What do we know in terms of how much, you know, what the impact this could be for our community and how prevalent these strains are right now?
2: Yeah, right now. Thank you so much, Yanji and and Ryan. Thank you again for having me on again. We just want to make sure that people understand that it's not prevalent. You know, we uh, found the first A couple of instances of the B117 uh, variant here in the islands. And that's the one that uh, is generally referred to as the UK variant. Uh, Yeah, I just wanted to start by saying, you know, our state laboratory um, is really on it. They've been they were one of the very first state laboratories certified to be able to conduct um, uh, COVID-19 testing. Uh, and they are one of the few state labs that are uh, able to do the entire genome sequence. And so they have been, our surveillance system has been looking uh, for variants um, pretty much since the summer. Uh, And we are, um, you know, finally seeing that network um, pay off and it has identified a few variants. Um, You know, we uh, have the uh, L452R variant, which is, um, uh, has been associated with uh, Denmark, which, um, you know, the scientists are really studying and trying to understand. We've had nine or 10 cases of that variant, although at this point in time, they don't believe that it spreads easier or is more virulent or uh, more debilitating, uh, at least at this point. Uh, But, you know, we are in conversations with um, state um, departments of health all across to talk about those. Uh, The UK variant, as as we've heard, is definitely more transmissible. Uh, We had two confirmed cases. And um, I do want everyone to know that we continue to look for these variants so that we can stay on top of it. Uh, It does take a lot um, longer in terms of uh, we have to do the entire genome sequence. Uh, to identify these specific variants, but our, our state department of uh, health laboratory uh, has the capability and is doing those genomic, genomic sequences. Uh, and we have, there were four samples that we thought uh, was the variant, two of the four ended up being positive.
0: So now that we know that it is here and in the community, what is the next steps, I guess? What do we do moving forward? Because obviously, we know that it's in the community, but it's not something that we can't combat. I mean, we can continue to encourage people to get the vaccine. but will you guys be doing more surveillance now, knowing that it's out there? What are sort of the steps now that we know that it is here in our community?
2: Well, um, you yeah, know Ryan, we are we will continue to to do about the same amount of surveillance. Uh, you know, it is a broad network. We're working with the private labs as well, and actually their screening, and there are certain um, molecular elements that when they see in a COVID sample, um, you know, does tell us about the UK variant, and uh, they are searching for those markers and uh, informing us as soon as we get them. So it's not so much that we see a need to increase the number of tests that we're doing. We think that um, you know, the 300 uh, samples that they are taking on a, on a monthly basis is sufficient to identify the variants. I just want to remind people that, uh, you know, the same public health actions that we all take, wearing masks, uh, maintaining physical distance, uh, washing your hands, staying home when you're sick, still applies for the variants. Uh, it's not that we have to do something different. But we would note that the UK variant is definitely more transmissible. And so if you're not wearing your mask or if you're going to uh, events with many people, then um, it won't be long before uh, that becomes the dominant variant here in the islands. And then uh, more people will get uh, COVID uh, if they're not taking the precautions.
1: Let's talk a little bit about the vaccine rollout and the numbers we're seeing from the federal government. Over the weekend, uh, Joe Biden during his Super Bowl interview read, you know, recommitted to getting this 100 million doses within the first 100 days. What are you seeing on the ground here in Hawaii? Are we going to be able to meet that goal? Um, you know, I, I don't necessarily know that you can project out to the country, but are you satisfied with the rate of vaccinations here in the islands?
2: Well, Yanji, I'm real satisfied with the fact that we do have a broad network of partners uh, who is helping to administer. Uh, And as I said before, we could easily um, um, provide inoculations to twice the number of people uh, that we are currently doing each week. And we are doing about 40,000, you know, we get 30 to 40,000 doses every week and we deliver them into arms. Uh, 30 to 40,000 each and every week. And so, you know, we're not uh, sitting on it. It's a pretty um, effective and efficient system we have. We're delivering directly to clinics, uh, hospitals, um, and uh, pharmacies, uh, the vaccine. So there's no middle leg, there's no middle person, uh, and they are delivering it uh, to people uh, within that week. Um, So, you know, I hope they can increase production. As you know, uh, President Biden has invoked the Defense um, Production Act and that would allow them to scale hopefully uh, much quicker. Uh, We do know that we would easily be able to administer twice the vaccine we're getting and we could even expand beyond that if we knew we would get uh, the vaccine doses um, on a regular basis.
0: When we talked to the lieutenant governor last week, he had mentioned that there may be some modifications coming to the Safe Travels program because of the vaccine for those who were able to get uh, the vaccinations and prove that they did get them. We know that the last time we spoke with you, you had mentioned that you would be hesitant to make a move on that until the CDC comes out with some direct guidelines about traveling and vaccinations. Where do you stand right now on any changes that would happen to the Safe Travels program with those who have gotten the vaccine as more and more people in the community get them?
2: You know, Brian, we're at the same place. You know, even uh, I saw an interview with Dr. Fauci over the weekend, and he says the same thing. Until the science tells us that those who are vaccinated um, cannot carry the virus, and I think most importantly, uh, do not transmit it to other people, I think it would be irresponsible to say that those vaccinated can travel about freely. Uh, so, you know, we continue to monitor the guidance. Even Dr. Fauci is saying, you know, for those who are vaccinated to think that they can't carry it and then can't infect uh, someone else, we just don't have the science that tells us that right now and that those uh, who are vaccinated should not be traveling um, just like we're asking those who are not vaccinated uh, to limit travel to only essential travel.
1: That, of course, is uh, is the travel from the continent. What about inner island travel? Do you see any restrictions on that changing in the near future?
2: Well, Yanji, we are seeing um, the steady decline in cases in all the counties. Uh, you know, uh, today's uh, count, even here on Oahu, Uh, Has steadily declined. And as those numbers come down, we can relax uh, travel restrictions inter island as well. So, again, I continue to talk with the mayors. You know, there is some concern about uh, the new variants, and, you know, we are uh, carefully uh, watching those. I mean, I do think that that has um, heightened the whole uh, notion about uh, inter island travel again. Uh, but I do think that uh, all the mayors recognize that um, the more that we can get back to travel within the state, uh, the quicker we can do that. I think the better it would be for our hotels and other um, travel industry partners uh, to be able to at least uh, encourage inter-island travel.
0: Sticking on that topic of travel, you know, we're looking at some of the numbers that are coming out in the first few months. Uh, from the Safe Travels program. And obviously hotels are reopening uh, and, and there are visitors that are coming to the islands, but they continue to struggle. Uh, many hotels are, are saying that they are really just hanging on by a thread. Uh, Hawaiian Airlines made an announcement that they could be laying off as much as 800 workers in a few months. Uh, this continues. W- what can be done to help them to not only hold on to these employees but keep this industry moving forward amidst all of that's going on and with the restrictions that this safe travels program currently presents itself with.
2: It, it, Ryan, we are looking at uh, vaccinating, right all of our residents and that's really important. and uh, we wish we had uh, twice as much vaccine as we're getting, but we're not. And uh, that does help us. You know, we've been working with HTA to be in communications with the hotels. Uh, and asking them to prepare a vaccination plans so for their employees, the ones that do want to get uh, vaccinated. You know, we we know that all of these things um, are essential and important to get done, and, and they do allow us uh, to bring back more travelers. Uh, we do know that as more in our community get vaccinated. Uh, Because of the effectiveness of the vaccines, we should see a reduction in the number of cases. And our recovery framework does allow for relaxing restrictions uh, as the number of cases uh, are reduced. So, you know, we continue to monitor that and make uh, adjustments uh, in order to bring travelers back.
1: Ingrid Peterson has a question at 1037. Do you support Green's idea of opening up after 1A and 1B vaccinations are done, even though we don't know yet uh, that vaccinated people can still become contagious? The Lieutenant Governor did say that by the time 1A and 1B uh, are finished, he thought it would be possible as early as May for large gatherings to resume. He cited the, the example of weddings, for instance. Do you agree with that assessment?
2: No, I mean, we're monitoring the uh, virus activity and, and, you know, the recovery plan does allow for relaxing of activities as the virus counts come. I think it would be irresponsible to say that people who, just because uh, the numbers uh, who are here, who are vaccinated, Um, would allow for reopening of safe travels. You know, I don't think that that makes any good uh, policy sense. You know, we have been driven by the science and the public health uh, advice that we get. And clearly um, the public health response at the highest level uh, does not know yet whether those who are vaccinated can carry the disease and can infect others. And until we know that, I think it would be premature to bring back uh, more travelers.
0: We want to switch gears. Uh, We know that the pandemic has impacted the economy as well. Many continue to be without work, filing for unemployment. Can you give us any update on where we're at with uh, the unemployment benefits that have not gone out uh, in this latest round of funding that came down from the federal government? We know that when we talked to the director uh, over at the Department of Labor saying that they're working on the mainframe and that it continues to be very fragile and they have to take their time, but yet many people are still struggling and waiting for those checks. Can you provide any update at where we're at right now and and when people might be able to expect to see some of those benefits come through?
2: You know, I think, Ryan, that's the most uh, difficult challenge that we have. You know, the fact that uh, the, the UI system is so old and antiquated, you know, and there is a uh, concern that if it should crash, we would uh, then take months uh, to uh, get it restarted uh, and be able to deliver uh, checks. And so, you know, we don't wanna rush and have the system crash and then have months and months and months before we can actually uh, implement a, a, a recovery. Um, so, I mean, I do know that it's difficult and many are struggling We hope to get uh, the rental and mortgage relief program uh, up and running. And we're hoping that um, that would be helpful uh, to keep um, uh, people who uh, have been unemployed, uh, at least in the apartments or the homes that they are currently in. Uh, You know, I know that Congress is um, discussing and um, preparing to take action on the next Uh, COVID uh, relief, and we are thankful that uh, they've put a priority on that Uh, and we do know that both uh, House and Senate are really talking about uh, a lot more uh, resources and a lot more flexibility for states and you know and that would be uh, the greatest thing that we could uh, have happen Uh, and as you know last week uh, we did announce a partnership um, to uh, implement improvements on the UI system. And I know that that doesn't help people immediately uh, with the old system, Uh, but we do anticipate uh, before the end of the year that we would be able to implement a new modern uh, UI system uh, that should help um, these kinds of situations in the future.
1: Dennis Tanimoto has an interesting question uh, that I, I was not aware of. The governor's 17th emergency proclamation expires on February 14th. When will a new proclamation be made? What can we expect out of the next proclamation?
2: Uh, we are actually working on that next proclamation uh, as we speak. Um, you know, There are not going to be uh, significant uh, changes to that. Um, as you know, the the federal government is looking at extending uh, the eviction moratorium on uh, residential properties. And, you know, we uh, continue to uh, help support that, especially in light of the additional uh, resources for rent and mortgage relief. Uh, and, you know, and the new um, um, law does allow for direct payments to tenants uh, in the event that a landlord refuses to accept the assistance and i know that that's uh, something you know we had to turn away a a couple of those uh, applications with the last round uh, because their landlords were unwilling to accept uh, the payments from the government so um, you know we will be standing up those programs as quickly as we can Uh, And we are hopeful that the federal government will take additional action to provide more relief. Um, And we just ask people to be patient.
0: And so with those programs, right the the rental relief, the mortgage relief, what what will that look like? Will it be similar to what we saw last time with um, nonprofits getting involved? We know that Catholic Charities and Aloha United Way played a part in that. Would that be something, again, that it'll be funneled that way? Or would this be more the state handling it this time
2: around? Yes, uh, Ryan, we have been uh, working with uh, the counties uh, again, and, you know, part of the counties would be uh, contracting with uh, private uh, sector partners, or some of them are really talking about being willing to do it or rather doing it themselves. So, you know, I think the most important focus is trying to get that money and that resources out to those who need it as quickly as possible. Uh, And we want to make sure, you know, one of the the things uh, that became uh, more confusing uh, was when the state ran a statewide program and every county had individual programs. Uh, and we do know and have heard from um, those in need that it got confusing for them. So we're trying to consolidate that so that, um, you know, depending on where you live, you would have one uh, potential provider and we can streamline the application and approval
1: process. Uh, There's a question here from Marianne say, what about another restaurant card? That was a very creative uh, solution to try to boost local restaurants and also help those who haven't been able to afford to eat out in a long time. Uh, Do you have any programs like that in the works right now?
2: Well, as you know, that did, um, we did fund that program with CARES funds. And so we are hopeful that the Congress will take action. Uh, And actually, because of our success here, Uh, in the islands, I know that there has been talk about um, funding a similar kind of program uh, and other small business assistance. We we have heard from many small businesses who are struggling uh, and having a real tough time just surviving. Uh, We are hopeful that this new aid package would include uh, small business assistance, commercial lease assistance. As well as uh, additional uh, assistance like the restaurant card that can provide um, direct access and support to spending at our local restaurants.
0: You know, you mentioned and you talk about this latest package that Congress is currently working through right now with the Biden administration. Uh, what do you know in terms of what th- that package will be able to support states in terms of overall funding? We know that Of course, the state faces faces some budget challenges ahead of uh, ahead of this session, as well as going into next year as well. Uh, Do you think that there will be enough funding in there to help to fill some of the holes within the budget that would prevent things such as furloughs and other services that may have to get cut on the state level?
2: Yeah, Brian, you know, we are um, definitely excited at least when uh, President Biden talked about the one point nine trillion dollar package. Um, You know, there was significant increase in direct aid to states and they um, were talking about giving us the flexibility that we need, um, you know, to be able to use it as revenue replacement to plug uh, budget holes. uh, And they are actually talking about um, the funds being used to help us with our budget crisis. So. Uh, you know, as long as uh, you know, I know that the devil's in the details, and we uh, have to see what the specific legislation provides. But it certainly sounds like there would be significant increase uh, to the amount of funds made available, and most importantly, that they would provide a lot more flexibility than they did in the first package.
1: I wanna go back to the vaccine distribution. We've gotten some questions here about teachers and um, we know that some of them are starting to get the vaccine. Given the rate of the rollout, when do you expect that students who want to be uh, learning in person will be able to have full access to that?
2: Um, Well, Yanji, um, all of the schools are working um, with their communities. Uh, As you know, um, the virus activity on Kauai is significantly lower than other Uh, areas of the state and I know that um, schools have uh, returned to a lot of in-person learning uh, depending on uh, how active the virus is in those communities. Uh, I do know and we uh, are collecting more data that shows that some students are just having a real difficult time uh, learning online. uh, And we want to at least focus on those most in need, uh, those that are falling behind in their studies. Uh, and um, especially when it starts to impact uh, graduation and when they might be able to uh, complete the graduation requirements. Um, so those are the priorities that we're looking at the students who are falling behind uh, being able to return to in-person learning uh, first. Uh, we do know that um, as we get more of the school personnel and really it's more than just the teachers. It's uh, all employees who work uh, on a public school campus. And in addition, the vendors who would normally be involved uh, would uh, be priorities to get vaccinated. And as uh, we get more vaccine and more of them get vaccinated, uh, we know that the school uh, would become less and less of an issue of, of spreading the virus to others. You know,
0: we spoke with Mayor Blangiardi a few weeks back and he talked about the concern Heading into, of course, what we had this past weekend with Super Bowl, and waiting to see how things pan out after those numbers. Hopefully, we won't see another surge because of gatherings that happen. And if he, he said if numbers continue to stay low, he would look. He was looking at adjusting the tier system and and allowing businesses like bars to move up into uh, the tier, move up the tier system, basically to where we're at now in tier two, rather than wait till tier four. He also talked about potentially allowing some form of sports to be allowed with youth. Would you support and approve something like that if that came across your desk with that request from the mayor?
2: You know, we are working with the mayor, Ryan. Uh, you know, we uh, like I said, I, we I do meet with the mayors on a regular basis. Um, both uh, Rick and I have uh, talked directly about that. Uh, you know, we are uh, looking at, and we've included the neighbor islands, as you know. Uh, Kauai uh, youth uh, activities has been restarted for about six months now. And so clearly, um, you know, getting uh, the knowledge and experience of uh, what uh, Derek uh, Kawakami has done and uh, Mike Victorino on Maui has also restarted some of those youth league activities. You know, so we do benefit uh, from the lessons learned uh, on the neighbor islands uh, and uh, definitely, Rick and I are talking about um, uh, what we can do. Obviously, the the numbers are headed in the right direction. Uh, You know, we continue to see the decreases. uh, And if we can get it uh, below uh, 50 uh, on average for the seven-day weekly average, then we definitely would be in a better place uh, to uh, relax the restrictions in those areas. You know, we uh, continue to work with uh, industry partners as well. I know that there's been a lot of different ways. Uh, We don't want to shut businesses down. Uh, We are trying to encourage the sharing of best practices uh, amongst uh, the, the restaurants and the bars. And I think most importantly, we're trying to really differentiate Uh, Those businesses that uh, have implemented and faithfully carry out the mitigation measures, you know, making sure the tables are um, six feet apart, that uh, everyone is masked, that all of the cleaning and sanitation routines are put in place, you know, and trying to help those businesses uh, stay open is something that both Rick and I want to do
1: wanna ask just on a personal note, have you received the vaccine yet? And if not, do you know when you are in line, where you are in line rather?
2: No, I uh, I haven't received the vaccine uh, yet. And I, I clearly am talking with Libby. You know, I'm glad to see that teachers and other uh, frontline uh, state and county employees have begun to get the vaccine. Uh, and certainly it seems like we're getting closer. You know Yanji if we get um, continue to get uh, 30 to 40,000 vaccines uh, a week then you know it could be in the next week or two.
0: I want to shift our focus away from COVID for a few topics if we can. We spoke last week about uh, we had a show here on our program about Aloha Stadium and where we're at. We, we spoke to Finance Chair Luke as well as uh, Representative Johansson who represents that district. There was some talk about what entity should be leading the charge here as we move forward with the plans for Aloha Stadium, should it be the HCDA or the stadium authority? Do you have any thoughts uh, on that, on on who, what entity should be leading the charge? As well as, uh, you know, Representative Luke also said that she thinks that games can still be had at Aloha Stadium instead of moving things to UH and having to pay for the retrofitting of those facilities. Wanted to get your thoughts on Aloha Stadium and the plans moving forward.
2: Yeah, you know, Ryan, I've I've really been supported that we ought to make the investments in uh, repair and maintenance on Aloha Stadium. Uh, You know, I've been to events there. I think um, we've um, made significant investments to improve uh, the the current structure. Uh, I believe it's safe. You know, uh, as you know, the, the attendance numbers have been dropping there. And there's a lot of things that we could do within the existing facility that would make it usable for the university for many, many years to come. Uh, And that would, in the overall scheme of things, cost us less in in construction uh, funds than uh, we currently are talking about. You know, the biggest challenge right now is that uh, a replacement stadium uh, would cost $350 million or more Um, And that's really hard to take away from uh, public schools and university needs, uh, not to mention health care and uh, health needs uh, that we have here in the state. Uh, And that's the biggest challenge. Um, You know, the the current stadium is still um, safe and usable, and we ought to be uh, maximizing the use of it. You know, as far as it goes with um, whether HCDA or the stadium authority should um, be doing the redevelopment, um, you know, I think we should be pursuing two tracks, right? We need to extend the life of the current stadium as long as we can um, and take those actions to make it uh, safe um, and uh, usable. Uh, At the same time, we can pursue redevelopment and, You know, HCD has been involved with um, many uh, redevelopment efforts. Um, The stadium has really, stadium authority has not really been involved. And so, uh, you know, either one I think is appropriate, um, but it's really the overall cost of the project that really gets to be daunting.
1: Um, we're just getting so many questions about unemployment and so I know our time is winding down uh, but I, and I know we did address unemployment a little bit earlier in the program, but for folks who are just joining us or who really want to pin down some kind of a timeline, I know that it's hard to predict when these people will be receiving their benefits, but for those people who are waiting, uh, what can you tell them about how much longer you expect them to have to wait?
2: Yeah, I'm sorry, Yanji, that we don't have a better answer from that. I mean, I d- did uh, talk with Ann just because I knew that this question would be coming up. As I said, uh, that is the most asked question I get here in the governor's office about um, uh, those that have applied and have not gotten an answer back yet. And, you know, it it's unfortunate that the system is just so old that um, it's it's very hard to predict when we would be able to complete the changes necessary. You know, these are new programs and there are new requirements that make it difficult. Um, you know, these uh, old systems just uh, do not allow us to rush it because if, in fact, the systems crash, uh, that would really be devastating and we would be... Um, unable to deliver services for a real, real long time. Uh, And that's uh, something that we don't want to have happen. And and so, you know, they are very cautious. And unfortunately, uh, that's the system we have to live with.
0: All right, Governor, uh, we our time has come to an end, but I just also want to give you a quick opportunity to any final share any final thoughts that you may have as we close out here uh, our, our conversation this morning.
2: Well, I just want to thank everyone again for making the personal sacrifices. We continue to see the decline in the number of cases that helps our overall community. Um, You know, we uh, should be relaxing uh, restrictions as the case uh, case counts come down. Uh, And I do want to assure the public that we are testing for the variants uh, and we are monitoring and we uh, definitely want to be prepared. Uh, But we do know what actions uh, reduces the spread of COVID, uh, even the variants. Uh, And it is about wearing masks, washing your hands, staying home when you're sick, and and maintaining physical distance, because all of those actions work on the variants as well as uh, the basic uh, COVID virus. Uh, And if we all continue to do those, then we will see continued reduction in the number of cases here. So thank you to everyone.
1: Thank you so much, Governor David Ige, joining us from his office at the State Capitol this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Ryan, interesting to hear from him. And we see all of your comments. We know that so many of you are frustrated. And the governor uh, sounds like he's pretty frustrated, too. Um, The problem is that they just have this mainframe that is so antiquated. We've talked about it in the past. And it's just a matter of trying to update that system. So for those of you who are waiting for those PEUC claims, um, very, very tough right now. Next week, we will have uh, the director of the department on to give us an update. That will be next week, Friday. And Pereira estaquio will be joining us to take all of your questions, and hopefully she'll have some better news.
0: Yeah, and we also heard news from the unemployment office last week about them getting approval to find a new contractor that will build up and update this system so that uh it will you know we won't see these delays unfortunately that will take some time to get that system up and running and all the protocol that needs to be taken on that end as well so that could be some time before that system gets into place but good news on that front the governor also mentioning that there will be uh, some rental relief and mortgage relief that will also be be rolled out in addition to these unemployment benefits. They're currently working uh, with the different stakeholders involved to figure out the best mechanism to get that money out as well. So we'll continue to keep you posted on those programs as it gets rolled out here in the next few weeks.
1: Right, and turning to the vaccine, you know he said that Hawaii could administer twice the doses they 're receiving right now we 're getting between thirty and forty thousand a week. We get notified every Thursday about what we 're going to get the following week uh, right now that has not met our uh you know abilities yet, but they're hoping that the the federal rollout will increase. So we can get more people vaccinated. Interesting to hear that he himself has not been vaccinated, even though um, you would think that he would be considered a frontline essential worker. So uh, but he did say that if the rate continues, he hopes in a week or two to be vaccinated himself.
0: Yeah, governors waiting in line like many others here in the state to get his vaccine and his vaccination shot. He's also said that they are waiting to see what happens with this latest round of CARES Act funding and how that will impact. The overall state budget to help fill some of the holes in the budget but as well as provide some additional resources that can get out and make an immediate impact into the community so we'll continue to see what happens in the next week or so as congress takes on this uh, 1.9 trillion dollar plan by the Biden administration
1: Of course, we are watching the vaccine rollout. And to talk about that with us on Wednesday, Dr. Melinda Ashton will be joining us. She, of course, represents Hawaii Pacific Health. We've had her on in the past, very, very knowledgeable. um, And we're looking forward to talking with her in more detail about the programs that they've set up in place across the state to make sure they reach as many people as possible, uh, what to do in terms of how to sign up to get a vaccine, and also talking about these new variants.
0: Yeah, looking forward to that conversation. And then on Friday, we're gonna be addressing one of the things that the governor spoke about. He said he's speaking to Mayor Blangiardi about as well, and that is allowing for sports to resume in some fashion for our cakey and our community. We'll hear from two individuals who have started an initiative with Safe Sports Program in Chad Owens and, uh, and Councilwoman uh, Tupola, who will be speaking about their efforts to get that back online. We'll hear their thoughts and get your thoughts as well on that, on what should be allowed here as we move through COVID-19 in our community.
1: We thank you so much for spending, uh, starting your week off with us and spending part of your morning here. We'll see you right back here at 1030 on Wednesday with Dr. Melinda Ashton.
2: Aloha.